Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles. We have Juan here in the studio with us. Good to have you back, Juan. It's good to have him back. He is in uh, his signature Captain America pajama onesie. If you are... If you have gone to the Catholic Man Show campout, you know exactly what you're talking about. People who are new to the show might think that we're kidding. If you are new to the show or you've not been to the Catholic Man Show campout, we are serious. Juan has a couple different it's not, superhero onesies. Yeah. So, why he wears them at all is somewhat of a mystery. It is a little bit of a mystery. And, you know, it's even unprovoked. It is, yes. But it is a tradition celebrated by many, I suppose. <laughs> At least one. At least one, one. Yeah. Uh, our white chocolate porter, Jimbo Baggins, is not here this evening, but do not open the door. Do not break in. We have a surprise if you do, so don't do that. You have a dog now. I do have a dog. Yes. Uh, this evening, so if this is the first time listening to the Catholic Man Show, welcome. Uh, we open, review, and enjoy a beverage. We highlight a gear. This uh, this evening, we're not going to actually highlight a gear, but we're actually going to talk about uh, an action. Sometimes I like to switch it up. Yeah. And talk, okay. Instead of like gear, I talk about like some kind of action that a man should take. Okay. So we'll talk about an a-, a specific action, and then uh, we, we jump into a topic. The topic this evening is, is going to be angels. Uh, specifically the choir of angels. It's a beautiful uh, part of the Catholic tradition. Do you think there are any angels who are bad singers? No. I also don't think so. I think but they're perfect people, in their nature. People with bad sing- who are bad singers. Why couldn't there be angels who are bad singers? Well, I, maybe just because their nature is perfected in heaven. Can angels even really sing without... No, because they don't have vocal cords. Vocal cords... They're, they're so they're all bad singers. There's no such. There's not even. <laughs> they they, they, there's they not can't even good, do it. There's not an angel who is a good singer at all, unless they. Anyway, okay. So the worst human singer is better than the best angelic singer. I, I don't think that's true. Because an angel can't take manif- like can't take on a, a human form and sing, and it would be only when it's God's will. Correct. And really, only to impress other humans. Or to carry out his will. To impress other humans. So, uh, this evening we are drinking Buffalo Trace. This is a specific Buffalo Trace, though. We have had uh, just a regular Buffalo Trace on the show, but this one is a, a single barrel select. It's from a specific uh, disc, uh, liquor store here in Tulsa that bought a barrel. And so, this is, comes out of the... We've, we did this once also with... What was the other... Uh, it was just not too long ago. I don't remember what it was. Juan, do you remember? A uh, Knob um, Creek, or no? I'm I'm blanking right now. It was another. It was another bourbon. It was uh, angels. They... No. No. Um. Anyway, uh. So we'll, we'll have this one. This is so. What? Here, here, let me just give you a little 
Okay. A, a little, some strategy here when buying alcohol. I'm gonna, well, you do this, I'm going to pour it. That sounds good. If you can... Elijah Craig. Yes, Elijah Craig. Well done, Juan. Uh, if you can become friends with the distribution manager of a liquor store and, you know, just make sure you say hi to them every time you go in, chat with them a little bit, see how their family's doing, talk to them for a little while. Spend a lot of money. Spend some money. Uh, you can provide them with your phone number and they can in turn call you if they receive something that you, they think you may be of interest. Mm-hmm. And so that way, a lot of times you're able to get some things that are like not even on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, case in point, this one right here. Nice. Uh, so this is Buffalo Trace from a single barrel uh, from a liquor store here in Tulsa that bought the barrel. So it should be, uh, my guess would be it's going to be uh, sh- just a stronger taste of yeah, Buffalo yeah, Trace. Yeah, because it's barrel it's barrel proof. Right. So we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So yeah, it's, this is not like anything fancy. It's just Buffalo Trace. It's barrel proof, but it's from one specific barrel. Correct. So this is also probably going to be very, very almost identical to just like if you can find barrel proof Buffalo Trace. I mean, is do mm-hmm. they normally... Like, normally, they're going to mix the barrels together mm-hmm. before they bottle it. Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, it's probably going to be right there. A, a man with a refined palate would be able to tell the difference. Yeah, possibly. Especially if you drink Buffalo Trace all the time. And Buffalo Trace is delicious. It's fantastic. So I don't know uh, why they don't raise their prices. That's what I can't I'm, figure out. I'm glad out. they don't. I, me too, but it's hard to. It's so hard to find. It just sells out so fast. At least fast. in Oklahoma, yeah. That seems like you could raise your prices. And what, what are your thoughts on the nose? Notes of oats and honey. Yeah. Vanilla. And... I get some clove on the nose. Some clove? Okay, one gets a little clove. Hmm. It's very good. The, the palate is very um, flavorful. It has very distinct flavors of oak, honey, vanilla. Um, has a nice char taste to it. Mm-hmm. The finish is is nice. It's it's not hot. Mm-hmm. It, do, it no, does but not. It's, it's a nice long finish. Yeah, it doesn't uh, it dissipate too quickly. <clears throat> Yeah, no, I like that. It's a, it is a nice bourbon. All of those all, things all, that, all, all of those things you just used to describe it are like very very traditional bourbon tasting notes. Mm-hmm. That's just a good that is just a good bourbon. It's just a very classic bourbon. Man, that is nice. This is just a good I really, one. Really really like it. So Dave, we are going on a pilgrimage. Yes. So this is something that we're about to release, or probably if you listen to this, we've already released it. Um, we're going to Ireland. We're going to Ireland pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going. We're going with Father Sean Donovan, who, if you've not listened to the Winged Hussar episode, go back. Go to the Catholic Just Pronto. type in Winged Hussar, and uh, you are welcome. Yes. It's uh, going to blow your mind if you don't know anything about it. So we're going September fifteenth through the twenty fourth this year of twenty twenty two. Yes. And so we're gonna we're gonna be renting out distilleries. We're gonna have like private tastings. We're gonna meet with the distill master in, in, at certain places. We're gonna go to some very local Irish pubs. Uh, we're not going on even the, more important than all of those things. We're going to some beautiful cathedrals. Yes, and uh, we're gonna be celebrating mass in some 
some historic places in Ireland. And as you can imagine, the Catholic roots of Ireland go back a long way. Long way. So it'll be awesome. I'm really pumped about it. Even the, and that's even that is and more important, in fact. Absolutely, but the reason why I said that is because it's so distinct from a regular Catholic pilgrimage. Sure. Yeah, I, I, just, I was just trying to uh, like everybody understands when you say pilgrimage that we're going to yeah. go to holy sites, we're going to go uh, celebrate sure. mass every day. Uh, Father Sean Donovan is going to be uh, celebrating mass for us. Uh, so all those things are within a pilgrimage, typically, mm-hmm. uh, to see holy yeah, sites. Mass every day, yeah, right. But we got we got to talk about those too. Absolutely, I agree. Because Jesus first, and then Jesus and then other first. Things. Right, that's right. So I agree. It's going to be so awesome. Go to uh, selectinternationaltours.com/slash/catholicmanshow, or on our on our webpage, the Catholic Manshow will get you there as well. Thecatholicmanshow.com. Yes. Or you could go directly to selectinternationaltours.com/slash/catholicmanshow. Correct. We also, Dave, we just got done um, attending the Oklahoma Men's Conference. Great conference. Which was an amazing conference. Had four amazing speakers. We got to record interviews with three of them. Yes. Uh, Dr. Dr. Marcelino D'Ambrosio. D'Ambrosio. I didn't even say that when I introduced him. I refrained. I bit my tongue. Could have done it. Um, I did not do it. Uh, So we had, we we interviewed him. Dr. Italy's is also what he's known by. Uh, Father James Shea. No, Monsignor. Monsignor. Sorry, Monsignor James Shea, who is the president of St. Mary's in Bismarck, North Dakota, and just a phenomenal man. What a guy. Uh, he really impressed me, I'll tell you. Just like personally and everything he said, we I think we had an incredible interview with him. When we were having dinner with him beforehand, we were asking him, like, what, what's your topic going to be? And he's like, I think I'm going to talk about the... the uh, you know, work and leisure and making sure we orient ourselves towards those correctly. And we were like, what? Yes. And then he's like, yeah, I really like Joseph Pieper. And we're like, what? And then he mentioned John Sr. And we're like, are we best friends? <laughs> Forgot to ask you, do you like guacamole? You know, that kind of moment. You know, it was just like, yes, I would like to spend time with you and, and talk to you and pick your brain. He was an, uh, an incredible, incredible man, super hum- super humble, but incredibly smart yes and then we had a chance to talk with uh look him up if you can yes monsignor shea and we also will be posting those interviews soon right yeah if you want to hear our interview then go and become a patron at patreon.com slash the catholic man show and then we also uh interviewed steve ray who everybody i think most everybody knows knows steve ray steve ray is great crossing the tiber author of crossing the tiber one of the best catholic conversion story books i like, think other than rome sweet home like maybe the most intentional catholic on the planet yeah he is i just like, am, i admire him so much for he showed up to the hotel and as he's checking in he made both of the ladies behind the counter start crying within three minutes within three minutes yeah it's incredible so he gives us a uh, in that interview he gives us some tips on on what he does to evangelize and then also uh how he uh, helped his children to stay Catholic, and then advice on when your children leave the faith, what to do. So it was a great interview. I really enjoyed it. Over 800 men at the Oklahoma Men's Conference. If you're in the area next year, you got to go. It's one of the best men's conferences out there. I agree. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk about some actions that men need to take. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.
Hey, I'm Adam Minahan, and this is David Niles from The Catholic Man Show. And we are so excited because we are going on pilgrimage to Ireland. We're going this September, September 15th through the 24th. We're going to go to some amazing Catholic places in the country. As you know, the Catholic tradition in Ireland is so deep and rich. And while we're there, we're also going to be visiting some distilleries, if you can even imagine that, you know. Us, the Catholic Man Show. So we're going on basically a <laughs> cathedral and distillery pilgrimage to Ireland. It's going to be awesome. And, and because we're going on a, a distillery tours that are not typical for the tourists, Dave, we're not taking a bunch of people. We're not taking 60 people. We're not taking 50 people. We're capping this off at 30 people because we want to be able to That's have it. We're, we want it to be intimate. We want it to be able to uh, go to places that normal tourists don't get a chance to go to. Uh, so... Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmancho for more information. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan. We got Juan in the studio with us. We're going to talk about some action. Correct. Just now. Wait, before we do that, how's how's Exodus 90 going? It's going really well. We're in day like 55, mm-hmm. 56 maybe. I don't recall. It's going exactly. really well. Uh, it's on my app. I don't want to be, you know, part of the Exodus 90 is you, you don't want to show about 56. It's day 56. You, you want to be, be joyful about it. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to complain and, and moan about it. I, it has been, I love cold showers. I can't tell you exactly. <laughs> like, like just when I think about them, I just get overcome with. It makes me get out of bed in the morning. With joy. Yes. Makes me get up, jump out of bed. I actually do experience a lot of joy when I take cold showers. It's actually when I'm done taking them. That's I like the, have this sense, this of, sense of joy that overcomes it just, you. It does. It overwhelms me, and it's like, oh, oh it's over. <laughs> ah! How's that going for you? You know, it really is going well. Um, the both times, this is my only my second time. There are people out there who've done it like many, many times. So I don't want to pretend like I'm an Exodus expert, like ninja or anything. Mm-hmm. But both times I've done it, it I have just been, um, it's, it's been a big, it's like a prolonged period of consolation for me, where it's like, I can just really tell this is part of God's will for me. Like he really mm-hmm. wants me to do this and I'm able to like to draw, even though for the last couple of years I've been doing, my prayer routine hasn't changed. Like the whole pattern of Exodus 90 was just so, I just loved it so much. I've maintained it. So that hasn't changed, but during the this program i'm like once again it's happening where i'm just really drawing closer to him in prayer and it just is it's just beautiful i just love it i try to soak it in when mm-hmm. when i can because right. you know it's not doesn't last forever mm-hmm. but uh it's a it's just such a it's such a blessing the yes. stuff the stuff is hard um but i've kind of like i'm one of the like personality traits i have is i'm good at resigning myself Mm-hmm. to things like i'm good at just saying well that's just how it is right and then i don't think about it yeah, you don't entertain you don't entertain anything past when that. you start thinking about it more like oh well you know like what if no right there is no what if this you is what just, we're doing just like do oh, the next and we're thing. moving on right exactly yeah so that's that uh is a big aid when it comes to um dis- disciplines mm-hmm. like this thank you for th- saying correctly yeah you're welcome one of the things, i did it for you one of the things that we did um at the oklahoma men's conference we met a lot of guys mm-hmm. uh, at our at the catholic mansion table and one of them said that he listens with his son 
um, every week in the car. And so I said, well, what's your son's name? I asked him what his son's name was. And his name is Mason Artho. And so I wanted to give Mason a shout out for listening to the Catholic Man Show. Thanks for listening, Mason. Uh, with your dad. you got a great dad. Yes. You have a bright future ahead of you, son. <laughs> so shout out to you, bud. I appreciate it. It's bright because Jesus made it. That's right. That's correct. Uh, so one of the things, so here, here's, here's what I wanted to talk about like in action today. Uh, and it actually stemmed from the Oklahoma Men's Conference. Okay. And uh, part of the conversation uh, uh, with the dad kind of helped me think about it. And then it reaffirmed at when we interviewed a, a Steve Ray. Okay. And it's ta- when you're talking, it's talking about the when you pray and, and you receive the graces like what and, and the answers to your prayers that you pray for yeah. and relay them to your kids. Mm-hmm. And talking about like kind of like your prayer life openly with your children. So one of the things that I did today on the way to Holy Mass, and, and this is I, I'm not an expert at this, obviously, I'm just starting doing this, but I thought it, I thought it was a really good way of just uh, one talking about prayer in general, two talking like showing that to your children that Dad prays and specifically praying for specific things. Yeah, and then also um, showing the work and the grace that God is doing in dad's life uh, is, I think is a healthy thing for kids to see. Yeah. And this is kind of something that, that Steve Ray was kind of mentioning about, right? You know, talking about your prayer life with, with your children. Yeah. And so on the way to Holy Mass today, today I was talking to him about how, you know, dad really uh, asked the Blessed Virgin Mary to be with him through the men's conference to, to, to not be nervous, to be articulate, to uh-huh. uh, be able to, uh, introduce people because i was the mc for the oklahoma men's conference and mm-hmm. so uh, you know important fact imp- important yeah for this story for this story so I, I i was telling them how you know i was praying and asking our blessed virgin mary to, to comfort me to to be able to give me the opportunity to to reach me and and tell them the things that they need to hear yeah uh, uh, because a lot of times as as i don't think it's a shock to anybody who listens to this show i don't we don't script a lot of things i think it's safe to say wait is that in the notes <laughs> If you go to page four. Oh, yeah. Okay, of, there it is. I see four. it. Sorry, I got lost. So we do rely and lean heavily on the Holy Spirit to, to move. Or something. Right. Often it's pride. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sometimes I rely on myself. <laughs> which is what we're... That's when it... When it if it ever that's goes... That's typically poorly, when it bombs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, I, on the way to Holy Mass, I was telling them about how the specific prayers that Dad was praying and how he felt like that... At least dad, you know, dad felt, didn't have the nervousness in, you know, when speaking in front of people, he felt, con- you know, pretty confident in, in speaking in front of them. You're going to keep using yourself in the third person? Well, I was talking, I'm saying yeah, like, okay. I'm yeah, talking to fine. the kids. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, keep going. Okay. I like it. Anyway, that's, <laughs> that is what, I, that's what I wanted to talk about though. Okay. About sharing your prayer life with your kids. I do this sometimes and like there are times when I've done this and I'm not sure if I should in this particular way. Ooh, okay, but, I want to hear. But I think that it does work. Uh, I don't, uh, it's 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 good anyway. Like, so uh, like there are things I pray for my kids every day. Like, whether it's a lot of it is has has to do with homeschooling, like their own attitude uh, or whatever with their disposition, their disposition. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, because homeschooling, uh, I think homeschoolers do other people a disservice sometimes in portraying homeschooling is like this beautiful thing like it is beautiful but also it's really hard 
Right. Because your kids are the worst to you. So, you know, like if you send them to school, very often they'll be much nicer to a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it, to you, they're not that nice. So like um, sometimes, sometimes in some occasions. Right. So anyway, like there was a time where I like told one of my daughters that like, look, I pray every day that you would be better at this. You know, <laughs> I want you to know that every day I'm, I pray for you and have been praying for a long time that you would, you would like stop doing this. Maybe, like, maybe the so way like, I'm not, and I don't remember, first of all, I don't remember exactly how I said it, right? That was like the general concept of what I did. And I tried to be, I was trying to be like, uh, helpful, Right. right, I was trying to do it in a way of like not tearing down. It was not a tearing down moment, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, so I think that it wasn't like you're a huge disappointment to me. <laughs> yeah. you know, it was not. It was not. You're that really disappointed. No. I, yeah. I think that you know this is something you said even in the interview. You know, exposing your kids to the yeses of the faith and not just the negatives, right? Not yeah. just the you can't do this, you can't do that. But but if you do this, you'll be you know, you will be more virtuous. You'll be more human. You'll be more alive by doing these certain things. Yeah. Uh, and those are the kind of things that I think that we should really focus on, especially with young children, are the yeses of the faith. Because disciplining your children a lot of times are it requires a lot of no's. Right, but I, the, I think the reason I did it is because I wanted her to know that, like, I'm praying for her every day for something very specific. Right. And, like, her knowing that, Gives her the opportunity to participate in achieving that end. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, I'm praying for you. I want you to also work on it. N- and know know that I'm also backing you pr- up. I'm Dad backing you up in the pursuit of l- this good thing, this virtue that... I desire this for you. Right, exactly. And that this is where I want... Also, kind of as a discipline, this is where I want you to go. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where you should be heading, and you're not. But right. I, but not only am I correcting you, I'm also praying for you. you know, so it was like I was trying to be helpful. Time will tell. I don't know. Like, you know, I uh, I feel like everybody's fatherhood is sort of an experiment. You know, you just kind of <laughs> you kind of figure it out as you go, and then sure. if you have six kids, the last one you finally really it's like oh. That's all you have to do, mm-hmm. right? You know, you get it down and it's better. But that's what I've done. Uh, and I do think that it has helped. It's important, though, not to make it like something into, hey, I pray for this every day and you're just a huge disappointment to me. Right, right. I just think it's, it, it, it's good to let them in on a little bit on your interior, your interior sure. life. You know, that's what I was trying to think about is, you know, obviously they know that we pray together as a family at, at the dinner table, you know, our morning offerings, our, you know, night prayers. Yeah. You know, if we get a chance to pray, pray the, the family rosary, you know, those kind of things, they know that we do that. Then they also know that mom and dad pray together. Yeah. They don't see us pray a whole lot together because we typically do that after they go down for right. bed. But then they also know that we go to adoration. And so they know that we at least pray, but, you know, do you take your kids with you ever? Do you ever do that? Yeah, sometimes. I, I haven't recently. Uh-huh. Uh, t- because my adoration hour is after oh, you go to is bed. Late. Yours is late, yeah. I used to take them uh, um, in the, during lunchtime sometimes uh-huh. before I started working uh, at the Chancery. I have done still pretty good about... Uh, I am kneeling at the pray-do 
almost every day when they walk out of their room. Yeah. That's sometimes awesome. sometimes they sleep in. Right. And they get up after I'm done, but I I've, I feel really good about that in my fatherhood that they know dad prays. Mm-hmm. Every and, day. And so it, it's cool for them to maybe see they see you pray. And then I share with them what share, I'm praying. Yeah, and then you share with them like, "Hey, by the way, you know, I'm praying for you. I know you like if I know you're taking a test today. I'm praying for you." Uh-huh. Yeah, I should do more of that. Just like little stuff. Little things like that. Um, I have anyway. no idea when she takes tests though. Right. I don't even know. Right. I should ask. I could find out. You know, you I know, know so you, I have an in with the teacher. Right. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about angels when we get back. We'll be right back. Okay, guys, March 2nd is Ash Wednesday. That means over a billion people are going to start living different in some way, maybe giving up chocolate or alcohol or whatever. For a lot of Catholics, Lent is a time of finding the easiest way to give something up. But at the end of those 40 days, did that sacrifice really make a difference? This year, there's a new opportunity out there specifically for men that will actually help you grow closer to God and become a better man. You've heard me talk about Exodus 90 probably several times, but let me tell you about Exodus Lent. It's a 40-day journey that will challenge you to dig a little deeper. If your first reaction is, bro, I'm absolutely not taking cold showers, well, then you're in luck, my friend. Men who take on the Exodus Lent get to take warm showers. They get to drink alcohol, and when you're with others, watch TV and sports. But don't be fooled. This will still be a challenging 40 days of preparation for living the Christian life for the rest of your life. Let me tell you how it works. First, over the 40 days of Lent, men commit to daily prayer, setting aside a minimum of 20 minutes to spend with the Lord. Each day includes a scripture reading and reflection written to help men better understand, grow in, and live virtue. Second, more than just giving up chocolate, men take up a range of disciplines and sacrifices for the season of Lent. Sweets, snacks, social media, all gone. Third, men commit to a fraternity of five to seven men. Each week, the fraternity meets to pray together, check in, hold each other accountable, and encourage one another. On Easter Sunday, you'll walk away with a new and lasting understanding of what it means to live the full Christian life. Chocolate bunnies and all. Sign up now at exoduslent.com slash TCMS, short for The Catholic Man Show. That's exoduslent.com slash TCMS. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of Buffalo Trace single barrel. Just got done talking about... Talking about like being able to expose your kids to your interior life, your prayer life. Exposing them to the yeses of the faith. Yeah. They first need to know that you have one. Correct. And, then, and that it's a joyful faith, mm-hmm. which is a very important. Not one like, okay, it's time to go to Mass, you yeah. know, like begrudgingly. Wow, begrudgingly. That, was, that yeah. was tough for me to say for some reason. It happens. Words, are, you know, they're hard. hard. They're hard, dude. I think it's important before we jump into the topic to give a caveat that we're no angelologists. Is that a thing? Angel? Yeah, it is. Angelology, yeah. 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 Um, and so... I did stay at a... Uh, Holiday Inn Express last night. That wasn't last night, was it? Mm-mm. Wasn't a Holiday Inn either. Mm-mm. Good joke, though. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about angels. 
this evening. We're okay. talking about the choirs of angels. Even though they're terrible singers. They can't even do it. They don't have vocal cords. Which means that unlike humans, angels are spiritual beings. Um, Aquinas talks about how there's a you know a hierarchy of the natural order, and it, and he says that you can come to reason that angels exist just through the understanding of what natural order is. Yeah, because humans are uh, the highest good and material, like made in the highest realm and from a material order. But then obviously there's God. Yeah, and then there's like this gap, right? Of 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 of, of human flat, you know, uh, body soul composites, matter. matter, matter, body soul composites, and then uh, God, the being whose ex- essence and existence are are the, one. are the same. And so it makes sense that there's something that in the middle of that, uh, specifically angels or spiritual. And the beings. gap is infinite. There's an infinite gap between us and him. Correct. Yes. It's a, it is a. It is rather large. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just a, a couple like fun things that I've uh, kind of looked up. With most of this is coming from either uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas, uh, Saint Gregory, or uh, Pseudo Dionysus, also known as Saint Dionysus, and, and a lot of other. Okay. Um, those are the three main ones that I pull from. Okay. Uh, but ain't like so. Let's talk about like locations of angels, because you know a lot of times people say, like, "Yeah, where are they?" Yeah. Um, my yeah. guardian angel is here. He's with me. He's in the room. Now, how does that work, Dave, if guardian angels aren't physical beings? Or like, this is another one. It's like, hey, I'll send my guardian angel with you. Like, right. I'll send, I'll send my guardian angel with you on your drive home. Right. For safety. Right. Have you ever heard that? I have heard that. Uh-huh. Yes. I've also heard of if you are about to like go into like a tough meeting or a tough confrontation with somebody, ask your guardian angel to talk to, your, to that person's guardian angel. Yeah. Um, to but like soften that, their but hearts. that doesn't have anything to do with like location. I know but that was just kind of that is a, I think that's a great thing to do though yes I do too because I have cool I have done do. that I have to and it's and it has worked out better than what I thought it was going I have to. actually found great success in general like mm-hmm. you when you're in mass and there's a kid who just is maybe doing something that's really bothering you I have actually had a lot of success asking my guardian angel to talk to that kid's guardian angel. To make him stop it. Mm-hmm. Hey, got it out. Trying to pray. It worked. Nice. You know, I don't want to be like to uh, whatever. I'm not sure what that is, but like, what are you saying? Just it saying. has. I've had success. Great right. success. <laughs> uh, so angels uh, exercise through their will. Like they exercise their powers through their will. Right. They're right. not actually like ever in a specific place because they don't have. There's nothing physical about them. Correct. Yeah. So, but... Uh, but they, they can be said to be in, like, an air, like in a place because they're, uh, like, acting in that place. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly they're right. They're thinking about that air, that spot, right? And so that's kind of, like, where they are because pow- that's where their action is taking, you know, like, that's where their will is. Right. Uh, an exorcist, a, a Catholic priest exorcist said... Um, the angels can be acting on more than one thing of a single concept in their intellect. So like you asked, you said like, okay, if I send my guardian angel to be with somebody else, does that mean that the guardian angel is no longer protecting me? me? Like I'm, I'm unguarded right now. Right. No, but he says it's, uh, it's analogous to a juggler with several balls in the air at the same time. 
he is, doesn't concentrate specifically on one ball, but at, the, at but in all the balls in collection uh, at one as a single hole. And so, um, because angels are this is something else we'll talk about. But angels are a whole lot smarter than we are. Yeah, uh, their intellect is is much heightened. Like a whole lot. Um, that they can do things like that to where it's not necessarily like a one track mind kind of thing. Right. Which I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was also a good analogy, right? More like women. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of things to be said about that, but, um, but I thought that was a good analogy, you know, that, that, and a good picture of how that could possibly play out. Yeah. The, there could be, you know, obviously anytime you use an analogy, there's going to be problems with it. Like, the juggler, if he just had one ball in his hand, he could sit there with intimate detail and really concentrate on that one ball. But you add a second ball, and now all of a sudden they're up in the air. You know, like his level of concentration is drastically, like by a, a factor of many, gone down onto each individual thing. I'm not sure it's the same with angels, right? Like, I'm not sure that they lose the, that level of right focus. That's a good point. Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, but I feel like that they can still do both. They can do two things well, mm-hmm. where the juggler really cannot when it comes to the things yeah. well, that he's dealing with. They wouldn't do it at the same time. Their, act, their will, will would act instantaneously in that one thing, and then they would go on to the next thing, and that would be very fast, but very efficient. Possibly. Yeah. I'll find out someday. Um, yeah, so when angels, uh, when we're talking about like what angels know, this is something interesting as well because it, you know the question can be, do angels know the future? Can they see things in the future? They do not. They do not know the future. Right, but they, so 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 we can talk about that. So like when they a- don't they don't know it if if that makes sense. Right. So when an angel considers a, a particular essence of something, they exhaust the knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like us where we have like a linear understanding yeah. of how something works. They immediately understand ev- and comprehend everything there is to know about right. said thing. Right. Um, and so their degree of power of intelligence is much higher, obviously, than ours. Uh, but they concretely know so. Th- so uh, Aquinas kind of talks about there's four things that they concretely know. They know uh, affairs that are occurring in history as they occur. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know some providential plans of some, of some individuals, meaning like if God has revealed that, that to them. Right. It, that he's destined for something. Correct. Uh, grace is received by an individual. So hold on. So yeah, they're destined to be like, so like our, our blessed mother, like I think probably Gabriel knew like a lot of, uh, angels possibly knew very possibly that you know that right. they were supposed to, she's supposed to be de- she's and, and certainly that uh, at the at their creation and at their judgment many of them it seemed like they were that was part of the revelation is that Christ would become incarnate mm-hmm. and that was I think it's my understanding is that's why many of them rejected they said I will not serve I will not serve because right. what you you would serve a man right exactly you would humble yourself. To, to their level, right? And so, like, they certainly knew that a woman was coming. Now, maybe they didn't know which woman it was, but there's, there are things that they do know mm-hmm. based on divine revelation, as God, may, as God wills. Correct. Yeah, and they also know, like, graces that are received to an individual due to the effects of the graces that have happened. So, like, what does that mean? Graces? 
Uh, so like, like they, they can they, see the effects of the grace. Uh, of the graces, is is? yeah. They okay. basically like the merits of of a human action. They 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 can see the graces that are bestowed upon them. Okay. Uh, and then for the, the proper administration of those things under their care. This is why angels and demons know certain things about people prior to the occurrence in history, since God will infuse in angels some particular pertainings to individuals' life to an individual's life. So, for instance, maybe the, uh, your guardian angel, before he said he would be your guardian angel, you know, God said, here is your mission in, in all of eternity is to be David Niles' guardian angel. He may have revealed to that guardian angel to help him fulfill his duty as, as your guardian angel that you are destined to be the husband to Pamela Niles or right. the, the... Or he the, at least knew, as we say he... We we say he and she about angels, but they don't. They're not really. The angel at least knew that you would be born, that you mm-hmm. would be born, not that oh a a man or a woman is going to be born, and I'm no 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 that you mm-hmm. would be born that you would be. So born. I mean, there's something right there about the future that that your guardian angel Adam knew that Adam Minahan, Timothy Adam Minahan, is going to be born mm-hmm. in 1986. You know what Correct. I mean? So, like that—that right. that is a thing about the future that they would know. Correct. Yeah, that's yeah, and that that helps them uh, fulfill their mission that God is calling them to know. Uh huh. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, there's a, there's other things that uh, guardian and because of all of these things, guardian angels are be uh, have incredible foresight because they they know how humans work. You know, because they've been they can observe humans and how they function, and, and they can observe so many things at. At once, at simultaneously. Once, right. And like we've even uh, realized, like in modern science, it realizes like when somebody tells a lie, their heart, either their heartbeat goes up or their. They can see those things. They can see those kind of things. So they can foresee and have uh, like foreshadow like what could possibly happen because right. of all of this um, knowledge that they would be able to observe. Right. Um, that would also help, like as a guardian angel or, or an archangel or, or a demon. Correct. D- demons and angels share a nature. They, you know, they're mm-hmm. they have the same nature, um, just like a, a soul in hell and a soul in heaven are both of the same nature. They have different. They have chosen different paths, right? And and a, a demon has obviously demented its nature. But but the same things apply when we're talking about what is an angel. The same things apply to demons, so they can use these things against you. Correct. Yeah, the inverse it works. Right. Yeah. Uh, so when we get back, we'll jump into the actual hierarchies of angels. There's three hierarchies of angels. There's nine choirs. There's three uh, okay. ranks of angels. Nice. That uh, Aquinas talks about. So we'll try to get as, through as many of them as we can in the next break. This is the Catholic Man Show. We'll be right back. Hey guys, David Niles here. For those of you who don't know, for my day job, I'm a financial advisor, so I know firsthand how difficult investing can be. That's why I was so excited when we met Mark Lozano, founder and owner of Christ-Centered Capital. Mark's mission is to provide in-depth research and analysis on which companies and organizations align with Christian values and which ones don't. Of course, he's also seeking to provide investment recommendations and stock picks that have financial potential and are also aligned with Christian values. What I really love about what Mark is doing is that he's completely transparent about why a company 
might be a moral investment versus another one. He leaves it up to you so that you can make informed decisions. He's not just going to say, oh, this one's moral, this one's not. He'll give all of the reasons in the research that he's done with links to articles or whatever it may be so that you can make the most informed decisions on your own investment portfolios. Because as Catholics, we have a duty to uphold Catholic values. And the same goes with our investments. So we want to be as virtuous as we can be. And Christ-centered capital is really invaluable. It's only $7 a month for you to go and sign up to get all of his recommendations and all of his research. To me, it's a no-brainer. If you're an investor and you want more information, go to ChristCenteredCapital.com and make sure to use promo code TCMS2022 for one month of free access, no obligation. That's TCMS, The Catholic Man Show, TCMS2022. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're making stuff up about angels today. (laughs) None of this came from Thomas. We are just making it up. We are just shooting from the hip here. That's not true. No. I think. No. I didn't do any of the research. So, Adam, we're all really, we're depending on you, bro. So uh, Aquinas actually has... He says a lot. He has written a he lot about angels, lot. yeah. Both in the Summa and the Contra Gentilias, he, like, both parts. I mean, he's got the rep for a reason. The, angelic, the doctor, angelic doctor. Because... Right. And, it, like, sometimes you, you read this stuff where he comes up with these very specific details about angels, and you think, how do you know that, bro? And then he kind of gives some reasons, and you think... Well, the logic follows. All right. Like, it seems... Oh. That seems to be true. Okay. Mm-hmm. I so, guess... I guess you're right. So Aquinas breaks down the choirs of angels into three categories, basically. Okay. He doesn't use categories as the terminology, but just for, for the sake of tonight, we'll, we'll say categories. Okay. Uh, and this is high-level vocabulary here. You yeah, ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. The top one is the highest. Okay. The second one is uh, the, the middle. Mediumist. The middle. All right, let's put them all in superlative, because I feel like angels, all of the angels def- deserve a superlative. So we'll go with the highest, the mediumist, okay. and then the, the lowest. lowest, the minimum minimumist. The minimist. Yes. Minimumist. Yeah, not minimist. Minimumist. Minimumist. That is a tough that word. Is a, that is fun to say. That is that is nice. So he so in in each category there's three choirs within each one. So there's nine okay. choirs total. Okay. Three in each. Three in the highest, three in the middle, three in the lowest. All right. Um, in the so in the highest, he, he talks about the highest rank extends immediately to God, and as a result, these higher angels are never sent to do ex, like exterior things, meaning, meaning uh, God's will or the mission uh, w- w- on earth or anything like that. You know, God's right. will to they be just, done on they earth. They just chill with Him, right? They're like so, His bodyguard, because they they're they're so close to God, right? So their love for God, their their knowledge for God, their intellect is so in union with the beatific vision right. that they use uh, all of their beings basically to worship him. That's, and that's why they were made. They weren't made to were, do other stuff. Right. And so Aquinas actually speculates, or I don't know if he actually speculates, or he, he, he draws to the conclusion of some, you know, logically, that if for some reason God would ask a high-rank angel to, to carry out his mission, so to speak, on earth, that the high an- the higher angel would delegate it to a a lower angel following the hierarchy chain okay every every angel has a specific purpose mm-hmm. right and so just like how uh you know in a in a business you know 
um, p- accounts receivable does does the accounts receivable. They don't yeah. do the marketing. Yeah. You know, so everybody has their own place within a business. Everybody has their own a place and purpose within heaven. And so, because there is a hierarchy, I think this is important to say that that means that there are different levels in both heaven and hell. And hell. It makes me think that. It makes me wonder if the word angel even really applies to that highest rank, like the seraphim, because the word angel means messenger. And one thing that Aquinas says about angels is that angel isn't so much what they are, but what they do. Mm-hmm. That like, but so those highest rank are not messengers. They serve yes. a different purpose. So Correct. it makes me wonder if. We call them angels, right? Because they're these intellectual beings uh, of pure spirit, mm-hmm. right? And so, what else are we going to call them? But it makes me wonder, technically, if angel is even appropriate, is it, if it's even an appropriate name. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. I don't. I, I don't know the answer to that. I'll ask. I'll ask a, a T boy, Tommy boy, when, when when I get up to heaven okay. someday. Good. Uh, so the second hierarchy, the middle. God willing, the, the middleist. God willing, I'm throwing God that willing. in there. Yeah. Yes, uh, they can. Cons- they're middle manage- middle management. They consist of govern governing and uh, the disposition in relationship to everything. They make sure that everything is flowing in proper order. Yeah, and then the the lowest, the third, or the lowest rank details with uh, the application of the orders, the commands, and the knowledge given to the uh, from the choirs above them, and execute the divine commands that have been passed down through the choirs of angels. So I think it's beautiful, I mean, how God has just created this this hierarchy, uh, and there's this natural uh, uh, natural flow of, of command. Yeah. You know, so God could, uh, so maybe the answer to this is God could uh, give some kind of message to the seraphim, who is the messenger to a lower angel, who then moves on down right the chain. So like he's a messenger in some way in some aspect because he's delivering the message he's right. you know like he's triple stamping it double. he's double yeah exactly which they say you can't do but i i defy them to take that up with thomas right said contra right said contra baby <laughs> uh, so the first choir of angels so the the very highest uh level of angel is the seraphim which you you kind of already mentioned right. burning and, the burning ones correct yeah they they're they're symbolized by fire right mm-hmm. uh, and it's because of their deep love and charity and uh, they they surround they they're the closest beings in in heaven so to speak mm-hmm. if we can right. if we can use they're closest the word to close. god yeah they're closest to god in order of nature but in order of nature, right? He's not like they're f- proximity close mm-hmm. in heaven. Now, us humans will have proximity in heaven, but the angels will not because right. they're not physical beings. So Thomas says, talks, says that uh, this is uh, so because of their closeness in in God, uh, in, in order of that nature. He says, uh, which has the principal effect union with the be- beloved, a principal mm. effect of union with the beloved. So if you were ever to somehow see a seraphim you would you, easily you would easily you will you would die and you would easily mistake that seraph for god probably. for god himself right right so of all the angels uh they were uh they were created with the greatest charity in fact they have the greatest amount of grace which is proportionate to their nature it must be awesome to be a seraphim i'll bet it just totally is the best yeah because they have the greatest love for god man i'll bet they just love their job. I bet they just love it. Oh. Yeah. So the second choir of angels is the cherubim, 
which you know a lot of times is depicted as these the like fat babies. The the fat cu- little, they are so cute though. The, little, the little cute chubby, like the chubbiest little babies with wings. But the, these they're known for their for knowledge. Uh, they're, the cherubim are known for their excessive knowledge. Uh, unlike seraphim, those uh, whose primary task uh, task resolves around simply loving God, those the angels that are uh, the cherubim have their assigned task uh, to revolve around the knowledge of God and consideration of those things which pertain to God. And they, it even says that they have the secrets um, of of some divine secrets that they meditate on that they contemplate on hmm. which is pretty cool see stuff like that how does thomas know that well if they are known for knowledge okay. then it would it would seem that they would have specific knowledge maybe known that they would be able to be contemplate on and just saying like some of the stuff it's like all right I was with well, you. Well, Aquinas, you know, to he, that last detail, he, Aquinas pulls a, a lot of this from. I'm scripture. not saying he's wrong. Right. The thing is, like, I'm just always impressed how he's able to like logically conclude these things. Do you think it's interesting though? So uh, he also says that uh, that they are capable of contemplating the first operative power, of divine beauty. So, but do you think it's interesting that the second level is talking about uh, knowledge? The first is charity. I don't think that's interesting. That's what I would have expected. Charity is the principle. Is like charity is the highest. Uh, f- uh, faith, hope, and love remain, right. and the greatest of these this is love. love. I know. Right. I just so, wanted to make that. I just wanted. I was hoping to tee ball that up to you to just kind of oh, like. How did I do? Okay. We what? should be drinking Angel's Envy today. I just want to say yeah, that. That would have been more. I want to give a shout out to that'd Brian. That'd be more fitting. Brian M- McKay. Mc- but to your point, um, it Mac. Maybe Mac. It, it, the the catechism says that you cannot love that which you do not know. So you would think that the seraphims know more of God, and therefore they love more. I was actually already thinking that too. Mm-hmm. That like, how do you how do you keep that from the seraph when he's such such union with God? Mm-hmm. Like, he's gonna. It's know an it. interesting thing to think he's about. He's gonna know it. Yeah. So the third choir is the thrones. The thrones uh, are named. For the being, this is really cool. They're known for being the divine dwelling or the home. The divine dwelling or the home. So this is the place where God sits upon them and judges all. Uh, for this reason, they are referred to as the judgment of God. The throne through the thrones, God exercises His judgment, and this can have uh, one of two meanings. It indicates either God communicates to the thrones His judgment that about matters, and they are executed in relationship to the created order, or it refers to God using the thrones to pass judgment on various nations and people. Okay. So that's kind of, that's to me, that's like pretty cool. Like that the is thrones cool. like is where the king sits, right? The throne. It's a sweet name too. Yeah, that's that's super awesome. So that that, that completes the first uh, rank of the like first. Two minutes. Do you think we can do the others in two minutes? I do not think we can. <laughs> um, so we'll get, we'll get, so the middle rank, the, the, the middle management. The, the middlest. Por- is the dominations. The dominations are the first of the hierarchy, uh, of the second hierarchy, uh, who actually executes God's plan. Okay, so here we're talking about, like, proper angels right here. So they, yeah, they direct, command, and preordain uh, those who execute God's plan. For this reason, it is said that the task of the dominations pertain pertains to governance. So it's like 
that makes sense, right? So they're they're, they're governing all that that which is God's and maybe will. other angel, other angels as well, right? Kinds of things, yeah, right. They're they're not sent as ministers, but they are they command and communicate what should be done. Okay, so we're not talking about proper angels, as it were, minis- like actual messengers. They're your boss. You know, they're the, they're right. like they're not the they're ones the who managers. actually like showing up to humankind. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. In fact, uh, uh, most of the time it's the lowest or or the second lowest that do that. Yeah, archangels or guardian angels, right? Yeah, or angels. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have run out of time on the radio. If you are listening via radio, go to thecatholicmanshow.com or subscribe to our podcast. We're going to complete the rest. We're on uh, the We're fifth choir. Yeah. Um, and depending on how long that takes, we may go talk a little bit more. We're just going to do it. We're going to go until it's done. So, uh, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So, raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So, the fifth choir is is the virtues. Okay. That's pretty cool. I also like those. I mean, I'm obviously, on our show, we, we're we going to like virtues because it's kind of like what we're about. Right. So, while the dominations have the knowledge and the ability to command and execute uh uh, what to occur the actual strength of the force behind the commands come through the virtues okay so they're the because it means power the i mean virtue are these the same as the powers or nope the, the, the powers are the next ones okay so for like virtues mean power of man that's just like interesting the word virtue means power of man i'd be curious to know like what the word is actually in latin or something yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that or would be whatever cool. maybe latin's not the original Whatever word the real word, you know what I mean? Correct. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because I don't think that these are these angels are actually the powers of man. No, they're not. I think they're way sweeter than that. Yeah, the dominations give the command to the virtues, and by by force and strength of the gifts given to them by nature, they move and uh, the execution of the command to occur. So for for this reason, the name virtue signifies a certain like unshakable fortitude, like. Just like they have the courage to carry out the will that God, like the mission that God has bestowed upon them, uh, like, which I think is pretty like. So they're known for fortitude. Okay. To to take that next step, you know, to 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 carry it on. Can an angel have fortitude? Yes. I mean, like, I would. Yes. The answer are, is yes. Are they afraid of like harm? Uh, they can perfect. They can probably perfect fortitude. Because there are certain virtues that don't exist in heaven. You know, hope mm-hmm. doesn't exist. Right. Faith doesn't exist. Right. You don't have to hope anymore because you're already there. Like there's. Uh, you don't have to have faith because you actually see it. Like if there's a see virtue that says vision. like, oh, uh, I'm acting in the face of bodily harm, or you know, harm in general. Mm-hmm. That also seems like that wouldn't exist in heaven. But I think when you're dealing with human matters, right, as you seek to do God's will in humankind, you got to have some hope that the will is going to be completed. And there is fortitude to, like, persevere in doing God's will, even when that the humans down there are not really collaborating. Yeah, but fortitude has to do with, uh, like... Courage in battle. Like, I might die. I might, like, get my arm chopped right. off. And I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Fortitude really like seems out of place for a, an angel because they cannot they cannot be harmed. Certainly, 
You know what I mean? That seems weird. You should you should read the first part of the summa. I, I yeah, and, I'm just and take it up to to with Aquinas. Yeah, but don't don't you agree that it seems weird to attribute the virtue of fortitude to an angel because an angel cannot be harmed? There's nothing that can. There's nothing right. bad that can happen see, to him. I see your point. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but it's interesting. I see, I see your point. Yeah, for sure. Once um, again, I'm sure Saint Quine, Saint Thomas Aquinas. I called him Saint Quinas. Maybe that's like his nickname. I don't know what they call him up there. Nope, but that's not his that's, nickname. That's, that's, that's nope. not it. Nope. Uh, he's got a great reason for saying what he said. Right. Yeah, so the sixth choir of angels are the powers, like like we mentioned. So this completes okay. the middle management, the, the middle section of... The middleist? Yeah. Uh, St. Thomas says that uh, the name power signifies a certain ordination, both about the recep- reception of the divine things and about the divine actions which superiors perform in inferiors, leading them upwards. So leading with sacred orders. Uh, this imposes order on the subjects. That is, it pertains uh, to this choir in order to direct those who are subject to them in relationship to the actions to be done. So they're they're basically the ones that are like they're moving it for. They're just moving the the chain of command on. They're movers, yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, they're the. They're, they're the guys that keep moving. So it just, it, it, it's just kind of actually... Look, we don't actually do anything, okay? We just move. We receive the orders and, and then we, we pass push, them on, right? okay? But it's I, there's actually this beauty behind all of this, right? You know, of like yeah. how God has... like Because he could have done it any way he wanted to, but he uh, decided to move his, you know, his will through all of his, crea- his creation yeah. to, to participate in his divine will all the way down to humankind... To, 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 to earth i do see that uh, i do think it actually is very beautiful that it would go from him down to like continue down through these ranks mm-hmm. and then be executed perfectly mm-hmm. right you know mm-hmm. there's a there's a power in that that i can give an order and it goes through all of these different levels of beings and it is still my word is executed and my will is executed perfectly, perfectly. by these lower beings who are you know what i mean like it really like proves the point of from on high i mean if god didn't have any angels and he did everything himself if he kind of adopted the if you want to get something right if you want to do something right you have to do it yourself if he Mm -hmm. like literally was doing that it really wouldn't be from on high it still would be because he's so much higher than us you know in nature and all these other ways but this does glorify him you know, Even in more. that way, the way in the way he deserves, right, and 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 in the way he wills, which is the most important thing, right, yeah. So the la- the third rank is is really where the movers and shakers are, right? They're the ones who who actually execute um, his will. Uh, the highest level of the last of the lowest rank is the principalities, and they're basically in charge of governments and countries. Like they're they're the ones like that are overlooking governments and countries and making sure, uh, you know, that God's will is being bestowed upon those things. One thing I want to find out when I get to heaven is if angels get reassigned. That is something that would be very interesting because, like, I have heard that your guardian angel, his only mission in all of eternity is is it's for you is 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 to you know help you get to heaven. Right, and, and it's then, not like, so much guardian angels that I that I think about, but um, the children of Fatima, the very first uh, divine being that they met was the guardian angel of Portugal. So before before they ever had a vision of Our Lady, the first person 
that they met was the guardian angel of Portugal. So uh, that's very interesting that a human, uh, you know, a human concept, this like, all right, humans developed this idea called Portugal that has boundaries and space, right? It seems that God ordains an angel over any, over all legitimate human authority, that for every legitimate human authority, there is a corresponding divine authority to govern it mm-hmm. and to protect it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, as empires come and go... Like, let's just take the country of Poland. Poland's borders have changed many times over right. the last yeah. hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Polish. The, the part of Poland that my family actually come from are in current day Ukraine. So, like, today I would be called Ukrainian. I'm no Pol- kidding. I did not know this about you. Yes, I'm actually Polish. When did you find this out? I've always known this. You didn't tell me. It's never been relevant until like very recently. I want you to tell me the one thing you've never told me your deepest, darkest secret. Go. That was it. I just did. Oh, okay. Good. That I'm Ukrainian. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm Polish. At the time, it was Poland. Right. But that part of Poland is now part of U- the country of Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. And so... uh like the country of Poland, dude, you're so Oklahoma. You're like the country of the Ukraine. Co- the country. <laughs> there's this. There's this thing called a country of Ukraine. And it's over there in Europa. <laughs> yeah. But but as it has changed, is there a new guardian angel? Like every time there's a new boundary of authority. Yeah. Does the guardian angel's job mm-hmm. just like kind of change? Mm-hmm. Is there a new angel that's assigned? You know. uh when America became the United States, was there like, is it like tag team? A new angel comes in, be like, hey. I got this now. Like, you did great over the whole, like, unnamed, like, Indian territory. I got it from here for, like, a while until, until the next happens. Until, like, the next angel, like, comes in or whatever. Right. Whatever <laughs> is going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know. And then the angel of Portugal. If if Portugal just, like, gets wiped off the map. Yeah. What does he do now? Does he just go He just, and, like, worships God. Like, what like, do you mean, like, what does he do? He, like, I mean, he, he gets to be he, in front of the beatific vision. He gets to, like... It's what he's doing now, right? Now he's worshiping God. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the like Jesus makes it clear that your guardian angel is not following you around. Your guardian angel is always before the face of God. That's what right. he says. You know, who always behold. You right. Know. And this goes back to like the whole like my guardian angel is here, right? Like exactly. He's he's he, here only in as much as he, he wills his will. He wills to uh, you know. He's praying for you, and he's and you're here, and he's helping you as much as it, <laughs> you're here, and he's praying for you, and so like, which is pretty epic to think about, right? Like, he's kind you have of an here. angel. He's right praying now, for you praying all for the you time. in front of the face of God. All the time. All the time. Right. I love it. But it just makes me wonder because... Yeah, that's a great question. Because I don't know. The, the Fatima children met the guardian angel of Portugal. Right. Portugal has not always existed. You know, it's... So, what's up so with that? It, what's first, up? That's what, my... That's what I'm trying to say. What's up with that? What's up with that? Uh, it was like one angel when Pangea was, was all one. Exactly. What was up with that? That's great. Did the did the dinosaurs? I mean, no, no, they didn't. Right. But was there a guardian angel over the over over Pangea? Like the things that they were doing. I mean, was Pangea? I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. 
it seems like Pangea was a thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Was that what you were asking? No, no, no. Like my thought was like, was it actually governed in any sort of way? It was governed. It seems like it was governed. Yeah, I don't know. So like there's like maybe a guardian angel of physics. There's maybe a guardian angel of the wind. There's maybe a guardian angel of the water. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a guardian angel of the planets. Have you thought about that? That there might be a guardian not angel. About planets. There might be a guardian angel for for Pluto of like the the furthest planet away from us pluto used to be a planet and then it was they keep a going back they and forth like would they decide because you know what the guardian angels are getting a little upset about <laughs> yeah. it i have something to guard i don't have something to guard oh i do i'm back in the game <laughs> they kicked me out again <laughs> this frozen block of ice i need your help jesus yeah okay <laughs> you made me you, you gave me a job they keep sidelining me yeah. down there but like the planet that's farthest away from us, there is a guardian angel, possibly. Maybe it's maybe it's just human authority. I don't know. Principality, yeah. But there could be a guardian angel over that planet who's just doing nothing. Maybe they're not. I actually don't know. I yeah, say that's, that. That's maybe they're super busy. Right. So the eighth choir. So we're we're almost down to the to, to the end here. The eighth choir. I apologize choir. for the distractions, but no, I, right. I just have questions. I do too. In this life. Yeah. So the eighth choir is the archangels, right? They're called this because this is pretty cool. They're called this is what St. Gregory says. The archangels are called archangels because they announce great things. Okay. Uh, while while those uh, from the choir of angels are announced, they announce things like all you know, all choirs of angels announce certain things. But the archangels announce great things, great moments in history. Okay. So, like, for instance, Aquinas gives the example of, like, St. Gabriel announcing the Annunciation to, to, our, to our mother, uh, to our lady. You know, since they announce great things, they are called the princes of angels, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, and then the last one is, are the angels. St. Thomas says that they immediately announce things and uh, to us, as well as immediately execute those things which God wants to be done. This would obviously be done by illuminating the minds of men and introducing into their imagination the images of things which they may need to know. They uh, are also the guardians of men insofar as the guardian angels appear to primary, uh, primarily come from... Uh, or basically, there's, he's saying that this is where most people's guardian angels come from, are, are the last level of angels. Okay. Um, and so this is why... This is very interesting, right? <clears throat> so angels have... The ability to uh, uh, illuminate your mind and, and bring into your imagination uh, images or things that you have thought of in your life. And this is why it's so important to keep custody of your eyes, custody of your mind, um, and, uh, and make sure that we're thinking of holy things. Because as we've said in the process, that the same can be done in the inverse, right? So uh, demons right. can, can uh, you know... Uh, Bring to your mind thoughts and images that you have either seen in your memory. In your memory, right? So they yeah. can't create anything. No, but they can. Nor can they read your thoughts. Correct, but they can bring up bring upon like your uh, past desires, past thoughts, past things that you've seen, uh, things that you've done. Um, because those things are present to them. Because when once again, when they behold you, they uh, recognize all things about you 
Mm-hmm. And so they that's part of your history. Those things are part of what you are. Right. You know, you are this soul who has a past, a certain past. And that's one of the things that distinguishes you from other souls. So that is something that's available to them. Mm-hmm. To use. To use against you. Right. And so that's, this is why it's so important to be thinking of... This is also, uh, you know, the reason why contemplation, I think, also is very important... Um, because it allows your guardian angel to participate in your prayer life more actively because as you contemplate things, uh, the Lord gives you different graces to either think about uh, different aspects of his either, you know, his mercy or his suffering or his resurrection or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you're contemplating on. He brings upon new things for you to meditate upon, and then the gar- your guardian angel gets to utilize that uh, for future, for your future prayer life. Yeah. Um, so obviously, contemplation—the primary purpose—is for to unite your will to God's will um, and to fall deeper in love with Him. But a secondary, or maybe um, I don't know if it's secondary. I don't know if what the proper uh, philosophical term would be. But a secondary act upon contemplation would be to be able to to have your guardian angel participate in your prayer life more actively. Yeah. So I don't know if this works. This could this could not do anything, but I have prayed several times throughout my life, telling my guardian angel, like, look, I give you permission to read my thoughts. I don't know if you can. I don't know if that's like something God will let you do. But if like if you're waiting on me <laughs> to give permission. To give it over to give you permission, you got it. All right. Like, please do, because I want you to know what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So that you can help me better. Yeah, one thing, I, and I can't remember where I read this, but uh, somebody somebody had written that as you're approaching communion, as you're in your communion line, to ask your guardian angel uh, to help you focus on the mystery of the Eucharist and to offer up yourself to our your, yourself and your family to our Lord um, right before you receive the Holy, Holy mm, Communion. Nice. I forget who who she was. There was a mystic who had like this. Uh, incredible vision of the mass of what happens at the mass mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things is that during the offertory she had this vision of everyone who is there at mass their angel laying a bowl before the altar and some of them had some of the bowls were filled with this like glorious golden light and some of the angels were sad and their bowls were empty but they put them before they were putting placing nothing before the Lord, and it was revealed to her that these the people whose the angels whose bowls are full are the ones who have an intention who are offering this mass for they're actually pray, they're, inti- they're they're actually praying for something, and mm-hmm. the ones that are empty are just here like they're not mm-hmm. they're not there's no intention they're not praying for anything really specific for the mass you know and uh so that's like something that our guardian angels participate in when we're when we're in mass make sure to yeah it's have a, something for them to place before the lord on your behalf yeah i think it's just a good practice to get into of uh being very intentional about each specific ma- like a, a specific intention that you have that you bring to holy mass so yeah. when you kneel be- down and pray before at the beginning of mass like hopefully you get there in time to pray for a minute mm-hmm. at least right <laughs> yeah like, that's when you should be thinking of thank the lord for being there Mm-hmm. Tell him you love him, and then ask him 
or you know like decide what you're going to offer the master. I offer this up for you know a dead relative for a specific virtue that you're trying to. Right. Uh, if you can't think of anything for your family, offer it up for your family. Right. For your vo- like for your vocation. For the holiness of your family. Right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there's a lot of other things that I thought we may go into, but maybe we'll save that for another time. I mean, there's pl- the 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 crazy thing about Aquinas is he wrote a lot about angels. Yeah. Um, and so um, there was a lot more that we could go into, um, and I had to cut out. So maybe we'll do at some point if if you guys are still listening uh, and made it this a part far. Two. If you are interested in a part two, let us know. Maybe we'll, we'll uh, you know, I'll do some more research and we can do a part two. Okay. Cool. Anything else you need? I just want my guardian angel to really protect me. Uh, let, me let me ask you this. Do you have any good guardian angel stories, like in your own life? Well, I've to- I told you one already that you know, there's been times where I've gone into a business meeting knowing that it's going to be like... Like, do you have anywhere like your guardian angel saved your life? Oh, I think definitely throughout college. Yeah. There were probably, there were probably times. I have one. I'll tell it. Uh, this is in college, so like you have to keep in mind that college me was a drastically different person from me today. Is this something that we should uh, tell if you're listening there's, to there's, your son? Maybe that, a, to... maybe an advisory warning for this okay. for this story. There's nothing, um, you know, of a well, yeah. So there's an advisory warning for this story. So I was driving home in an inebriated state on a one day, and was. Going up, I was like exiting, just you know, going home, getting on this off on this ramp, and all of a sudden, I remember my car. It was like I hit a ramp, like a huge bump, just like goosh. I remember like when do they put speed bumps on the highway? Right. I mean, it was as if I hit like a tiny ramp on this oh, off ramp. Okay, and like my car went way up. Like it seemed like it went way up in the air. Once again, I was inebriated, so like. My memory also is, you know, subject to all of the effects of that. But it, it, immediately, I had a flat tire, um, and at the time, I had—I didn't know it, but I had run flats, but they mm-hmm. still went flat right away. Mm-hmm. And so I pull over. I, I'm looking at my wheel, and it looked like someone had taken an axe. If you take like a log, and you just take an like a big axe and swing it as hard as you can and you put like this wedge mm-hmm. into it that's what my wheel looked like the thing is i have narcolepsy and i was falling asleep at the time mm-hmm. and i was the 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 road i was taking was this off ramp that kind of went way up a hill you know kind of curved and then came back down to get on so if i had fallen asleep and gone off the road i would have not only like gone off the road at highway speed but would have gone off the road like basically uh like off a cliff so to speak mm. uh it's almost assured that i would have died mm-hmm. um and so this happens i hit the and i remember waking like being startled awake mm-hmm. um and i get out pull the car over and it's like i'm looking at this huge like gash in my wheel it looks like a an axe has been placed into it uh i get a ride home come back the next day and I'm looking at it again and I go back to where I was and there is like a a railing that kind of came up but the railing is in perfect condition there is I went back over this place 
time and time again, trying to figure out, what did I hit? Did somebody leave like a cinder block mm-hmm. out here, you know, that mm. I hit? There was just nothing. Um, and I remember even in college coming to the realization that that my guardian angel had simply like just wrecked my wrecked my wheel because I was about to drive off the road and die. Wow. Um, that's who knows. Uh, that is my that is what I believe happened. Mm-hmm. Um, cost me a lot of money to get my wheel fixed, <laughs> but it was worth every penny. Don't drink and drive. Oh, uh, I I wasn't drinking and driving. I was, yeah, but right. I was at a. You know, I was just at a party, and right. yeah, I, I was—I used to be just dumb. I was really, really dumb. But anyway, that was a—that was a moment where my guardian angel saved my life, and I believe that th- there's nothing that explains what happened to my car, mm-hmm. other than that. You also have a good family story from when you were young. I do. Do you not want to tell it? You can save it if you want to. Save yeah, it. let's maybe save it for a, a round two. Okay. Very good. If we do. So, thank you, Juan, for all your help. Thank you for listening to The Catholic Command Show. Uh, go to thecatholicmanshow.com slash store. We have some new stuff, uh, new products, if you will, uh, there. New beer drinking glasses, and we have some uh, leather koozies as well. Um, go check that out if you, if you want. You'll help support the show, and you'll have a pretty awesome drinking vessel. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.